0: a tv show maybe it was a movie at one at one point in my life there was this line that i heard that you can tell a lot about a person based off of like what's in their garbage can it's an over right. the hedge over the hedge you such ever seen good, that movie
1: such a good movie of course yes, I did.
0: classic Movie, yeah. Right. So good. Well, they're going like digging through someone's like garbage can in this like wealthy neighborhood, and so they get like super pumped about what they're gonna find in the garbage and the squirrel or something. He taught. He's like, you can tell a lot about a person by what's in their trash can. Well, we recently had our neighbor text <laughs> my wife. was like, hey, I'm going to the dumpster today. You want me to take your trash? Because our dumpster is really far. It's a whole chore. And we were oh, like, wow. heck yes like super nice right well then after she had like picked up our trash I was like what if she starts digging through the trash and sees all of the pop tart boxes I've found <laughs> over the past couple of weeks
1: I was that's, that's like, not where I <laughs> thought you were going with that <laughs> like, I, I, was pop- like,
0: <laughs> I was like I was like what many, is she gonna think of me how many pop tart boxes are in your garbage can I go through a lot of peanut butter and a lot of Pop Tarts. It's just it's just who I am. Okay. Oh not all gosh. of us, not all of us get to put our trash cans outside our door and have a magic genie come by and pick it up. Okay. That's very some true. Of, some of us have to walk 10 miles, or what feels like 10 miles, but is really just a tenth of a mile to the dumpster.
1: But see, here here's my toxic trait: is that I don't like taking out the trash, even though I just have to put my can outside my door. <laughs> um, so if you look at my trash, you'll see things from like it's like a carbon footprint. It's like three weeks. Two weeks, one week, three days ago, and like you, you got can fossils tell in there. I have fossils, like yeah. I have things that are growing in my trash can.
0: See, this this goes back to our episode on contentment. Okay, <laughs> I'm longing for the day when I can just put the trash out outside my door. Yeah. and call and call it. Yeah. See, you've already gotten there.
1: Yep. But and see, here's the fact here's the that you side. just said
0: that made me very mad.
1: Here's the flip side. I have two things. One, I don't trust anybody who would take my trash out. Um, first of all, who are you? Why would you do that? What is your purpose? And I don't know your name. If you're my neighbor, I don't know your name. Um, so don't, don't come asking for my trash. First of all, second of all, um, the thing that, the thing that I like long for, um, it's actually the whole reason I moved apartments like a year ago. Wow. Um, was because I really hate taking groceries up the stairs to my apartment. Um, fair. Because I, for the life of me, I'm very stubborn um, and I will not go back down for a second trip. Um, I also never get groceries. So like when I go, <laughs> I, I'm going to the grocery store. Right, right. So I will load up like all up and down my arms. Um Like 10 bags of groceries, two cartons of milk, like all the things. Mm -hmm. And I'll have to carry it up three flights of stairs. So my arms are shaking because it's like (laughs) 200 pounds of groceries. I'm losing circulation in my arms. Right. So I'm jealous that you can just like walk up one flight of stairs, you get your groceries, you're in and out, your car is close to your apartment. Meanwhile, I have to hike seven miles
0: you know what you're the the space from your car to your apartment is substantial it is even now it is um however i just want to put my trash outside my door that's <laughs> like when i look at like the list of things i want from an apartment not that's even from an apartment in life yeah like when i look at the things i want in life in totality having the garbage i've looked up online services that will come <laughs> and take the trash from my door to the dun- they don't exist probably because there's not a market for them. Yeah. But that I, I mean that's that's on my wish list. I feel like I, pray for said, it.
1: I, I feel like I pray for it. <laughs> Dear Lord, thank thank you for this saint. Thank you for this saint who saw my garbage.
0: Like when my neighbor offered I was like the Lord hears and knows my prayers see this um, is this is
1: how you can tell Vic and are two very different people because he thanks the Lord for answering his prayers meanwhile I'm prejudging everything about that person's <laughs> intentions and why they're even talking yeah I was me.
0: like you don't trust my neighbor no um, absolutely absolutely not well absolutely not. what is up guys my name is Victor and I'm a student pastor at a local church in North Carolina
1: and my name is Regan Jones. I don't have to take my trash out. Um, Jerk. Jerk. <laughs> I'm also a student pastor at a local church in North Carolina. And welcome to Sanctified-ish. Conversations with pastors who have not figured it out clearly, if that was not painfully obvious from the first <laughs> five minutes. Um, it is a little scary for me that like people can see this like that part of our lives. That yeah. it's like, there's this, especially in ministry, there's like this polished look to people because they see you for 30 minutes or honestly the reality, 30 seconds on a Sunday. Right. right. Um, and they get your best for 30 seconds when the reality is I hasn't go- I haven't gone to the grocery store in three and a half weeks.
0: They see the detailed car, yeah, but they don't see like the car that just went mudding. Exactly. And it's filthy. Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, here's all of our garbage, literally and figuratively. Here you go.
0: Literally. Um, it's right outside Reagan's door and, I have and to smooth to
1: translation. It. Translation. Wow. um, <laughs> i don't even know how to respond to that
0: um it sounds like you need some rest i there look at it sounds like go. you're tired
1: there we it go it sounds like you
0: need some rest <laughs> yeah i'm kind of amazing
1: nailed that we're talking about rest today
0: <laughs> we are
1: um this is something that i think we even just talking about this pre-show uh both of us suck at this this is not yeah. something that we're good at this is not something we're not john mark comer um, I've read his book twice and I still don't understand what he's talking about. So um, <laughs>
0: the, the syllables that he he uses too many big words. Yeah, it's just for um, me to understand.
1: Yeah, I haven't ruthlessly eliminated my hurry yet. Um <laughs> but this is I think one of the most important things, not just for people in ministry, because I don't think you can operate healthily long term in ministry without a healthy rhythm of rest. Um, we're going to talk about what rest actually looks like. Like, does it mean just sitting on the couch and watching Netflix or is rest active? What's the difference between passive rest and active rest? Um, and even like how, why rest is important because it mimics the character of God, um, and his nature. So these are things that we are not perfect in. Um, but we really do believe that they're important because I know from experience and I know from my friend's life, this is just not something, um, that is a habit in any of our lives
0: yeah it is rest is elusive and the thing that i've noticed and this is how satan gets me is that i am and reagan i don't know if you're this way but this is how i'm wired i'm wired i could be laying in bed i could have you know pajamas laying in bed ready to fall asleep and then poof an idea comes into my head yeah and it's like oh my goodness that's amazing Mm -hmm. so what do i do i get up I run to my computer and I start grinding. I have that 2 a.m. spark. That's what I call it. And once my mind gets racing, it does not stop. And the unfortunate thing is, is that my mind is usually always racing, whether it be something for ministry and work or for my personal hobbies or something that I'm passionate about. Usually the things are always good things. Yeah. But my mind never calms down. And so I fall into the trap of overexerting myself in all of the different spheres of life that I'm involved in. Yeah. And then I get to the end of the week and just want to pass out. Yeah. Like, and the, the, the tough thing is, is I got church on Sunday. I need to start filling myself up. Yeah. And so you fall into the cycle. It's really dangerous and leads to yeah. burnout. If you haven't checked out our burnout episode, you totally should. Cause I yeah. think these two will play nicely together. It's kind of a precursor. Yeah, that's the trap that I fall into, Reagan. I don't know if it looks a little bit different for you.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think you and I are wired, like, at least when it comes to, like, the dreaming idea, like, oh, I have this. And this would be really cool. And here's the seven things that I could do. And then because we're both dreamers, they never actually happen. They're just in notebooks on our desks. Um, But they're really good ideas. Um, I think for me, I've had to, like, I've really struggled with rest, especially since I've gotten into ministry. Um, ministry hasn't changed that aspect of my life. I think it's actually just enhanced something that's been in there, um, really my entire life. Um, Mm. and like, I've had to like break down that, like there are three kind of levels of rest for me. Like there's spiritual rest, there's mental rest and there's physical rest. Um, and I find oftentimes that I don't get physical rest because I don't have spiritual rest and I don't have spiritual rest, which leads to I don't have mental rest. And when I don't have mental rest, I definitely don't have physical rest, like, I think this is a pretty common thing for, for pastors, but like, I didn't really struggle with anxiety until I got into ministry. Um, and I still don't know if I like, I don't know, that, that's, that's a hard thing to, to put like a handle on, but I think like more times in the last year than any time in my life, I've woken up at two thirty in the morning, worried about things that really aren't that significant. Um, I'm worried about the email. I'm worried about like, I'm playing scenarios over my head where like, what if this happens and what if this parent thinks this and like, so on and so forth that is now keeping my physical rest from happening because I'm not mentally rested because I'm not spiritually rested. Um, and I think that's the whole thing that's like when we aren't physically rested and when we aren't tired, the lie we tell ourselves is like, well, I'm too tired to go spend time with God when spiritual rest with him is the trickle down effect that will give you ultimate physical rest. And we're just in this relentless cycle. And Vic, I think you even touched on it earlier, like that leads to ministering out of a very dry well. Um, And that's where like the biggest thing that you can do if you're in ministry, if you're in a volunteer role, if you lead with young life, if you just want to share the gospel, like the best thing you can do for that is to take care of your spiritual life, take care of your mental health, get eight hours of sleep um, because out of that healthiness, you will minister and it will be the overflow of what you have to offer people.
0: Yeah. I think, I think we would not find anyone, especially in the Christian sphere who would say rest is just not important. Like, I don't think anyone believes that, but I think moving from a belief to rest actually happening is a really difficult thing. And I think that may have to do with just a fundamental misunderstanding of what rest is. Yeah. And so, Reagan, if you had to briefly explain rest in one or two sentences, what does true rest for a Christian look like?
1: I don't know. I I think it's easier to define what it isn't because I think when you look, when God created the world, he rested on the seventh day. it doesn't say what he did, but I doubt he took a nap. Um, So I tend to think like the rest in a biblical sense, I wouldn't necessarily say is sitting on a couch and watching Netflix. Like that, that may be restful for you. Like you have to figure out what that looks like. Yeah. Um, But I think in its basic form, rest is just being alone with God. Um, Rest is doing the thing that you were created to do. Yeah. Which is to be in the presence of God and be with him. And then out of those things, that time orients every single part of your life. Um, And so I think that's probably like the easiest fundamental way that I would break that down. Um, The arrogance in our life comes when like we see that God set the standard where he rested on the seventh day. And if God needed rest, why do we think that we don't need rest? Like if God needed to put the work down and spend time like why do we think that we can continue to work and not spend time with him and not sit in his presence and not orient our lives out of that time um
0: yeah if 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 god recognized the importance yeah. of rest then who are we to not also recognize yeah. it and i think i think you're right we rest when we when we are being actively filled up yeah. by doing something and so this is where this is where lots of different opinions will come in but I think the one thing that all Christians would agree on would be that spending time with Jesus and filling up your cup spiritually yeah is like the fundamental level of rest. Yeah. We cannot have effective rest if we're not filling ourselves up with Jesus. And yeah. so I think that's kind of the fundamental layer. Now, I do know people who would say that is kind of in essence f- the fullness of rest, like rest does not happen anywhere apart from that. I don't know if it and, is, though. Yeah, that's where I yeah. see. That's where I push back, because like there are other things in my life that God has gifted me for and created passions within me. Yeah. That actually do fill me up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, like Reagan, I know for you growing up playing basketball, that was huge. You know, similarly for me playing video games is huge. And it's like, when that thing becomes the fundamental layer of your rest, you have missed the mark. Yeah. But when you begin to layer those things on top of the foundation, that is Jesus. Yeah. Those things can fill you up too. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um, because we're not just spiritual beings that I think like God has created a spiritual beings and also physical beings as well. So I think the people that would say like, Oh, just go spend three hours alone with God. And that's all you need to do. But if you're only getting 30 minutes of sleep, you're not rested. Yeah. Um, that God has created your body to be a good thing. So we, uh, we should steward the rest of our bodies with the same level of respect that we steward the rest of our souls. Um, yeah. But I do think like, if you, do, if you have the physical rest and you do not have spiritual rest, you don't have true rest. Um, yeah. Because the heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. I think that's Augustine. Um, yeah. Or Matt Chandler. I don't know. They're the same person.
0: <laughs> uh, Augustine, Matt yeah. Chandler. Full <laughs> 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 of, of Michael Scott. <laughs> one, of, one of the two. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I, I agree. I, go ahead. Oh, what, well, what I was going to say is... I, I love that you touched on like the physical rest for sleep, mm-hmm. especially because I heard a sermon. Oh man, five years ago, maybe six years ago, yeah. on the theology of sleep. Yeah, and y'all, if 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 you like, everyone needs a good theology of sleep because it revolutionized. Yeah, the way that I rested, like when we. When we begin to realize that we are create creatures created with the need, like we don't have the capacity to work 24-7. Yeah. We have to sleep, or we will eventually die. Yeah. That reminds us of the dependence, like of how small and how dependent we actually are on Jesus. Yeah. So and then It gets even more fascinating because while you are asleep, you are totally and completely powerless. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You are just not there. Mm -hmm. So you going to bed at night is a representation of you depending on God to sustain you till the morning. Yeah. So like the very concept of sleep is a humbling one. Yeah. It's just we don't always frame it that way.
1: Well, and I think that's where the the antithesis to this is pride. That it's like even what you just said. So odds are if you are really good at sleep, you get eight hours a night. For some of you, that's like I get fourteen. Others of you, I get four. Um but I think so say you get eight hours of sleep a night for the your entire life. You are asleep for one third of your life. One third of your entire life. A whole third. A whole third. But even like we kind of chalk sleep as like, ah, it's just like something to like, it's just something nice after a long day. But like, even what you just said, Vic, like it's a very tangible reminder of the dependence of God that I think that's kind of what rest is meant to be. It's not just rejuvenating for your soul, but it's kind of like a reorientation of who you are. And it's like, you are dependent on God. You can't burn the candle at both ends because you will burn out. Um, and I think especially people in ministry, it's like the mission, the mission, the mission, the mission, the mission, the mission, the mission. Like the world will not hear unless yeah. I myself burn myself at both ends. And like, yes, there needs to be an urgency for the mission, but you are not essential to that. Yeah. And so like God has called you to work within the framework that he has given you and no more and no less. Yeah. Um, so work heartily unto the Lord for the framework that he has given you and then go to bed. Um, yeah. And like my, uh, our, actually our, one of my bosses, he's, he said this a couple of times and it's just honestly blown my mind. Um, Cause especially like I struggle with anxiety when I go to sleep. Um, and I just kind of asked him, I was like, like, do you struggle with this? And he's like, no. Um, he was like, I work hard during the day. I do the best that I can. And when I go to bed, I know that I've done everything that I can do, even if it's not enough. And I know that like, I am not, the great commission is not dependent on me. Um, and he goes to bed and I'm like, that is what I want. Um, because that comes from a place of spiritual rest that gives him mental rest that he's now able to have physical rest. Yeah. Um, and man, I think we have a lot of burned out pastors, um, not just people in their forties, but people in their twenties. Um, yeah that are working on five hours of sleep, that are anxious, that are worried because they don't have that spiritual rest and understanding what God has called them to do and the limitations they have.
0: And I also want to play the antithesis of that. That's the second time we've said antithesis Wow! in this episode. I'm starting to feel like John Mark Homer. Antithesis. Don't spit your water out because that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also want to point out that I think it's equally unhealthy to get, like, 15 hours of sleep. That's That That's seems it. like a lot. Tw- 12 hours of sleep. And, like, scientifically, we also know that that is unhealthy, right? Yeah. But, like, the thing here is that having healthy habits of sleep. Yeah. Yeah is important not just for the pastor but for the christian for us to accomplish the goal in which we've been given that is the great commission we have to operate at our physical best yeah man and the way that we do that is through getting sleep now i i feel obligated to talk a little bit about like sleeping disorders people who struggle from things like insomnia and things that prevent them from going to sleep or things that keep them from waking up when they're supposed to or things that rotate your sleeping cycle like yes there are biological things that do hinder this yeah and i think i I don't want to downplay you know just like yeah rely on god and you'll get good sleep because like there are there are actual things that happen but i think even in those instances man that gives us a perspective of dependence on God in the midst of those unfortunate disorders Mm -hmm. um, that are clearly a result of the fallen sin. And so, you know, I don't want to downplay anyone's medical struggle in this area, Yeah, but if that's not, if you don't, you know, land in an area of medical struggle with these things, then you really have to think about: Well, am I am I just being lazy and sleeping for way too long? Am I not yeah, being healthy man. and getting too little sleep? Like we have to have healthy habits of sleep and healthy habits of rest. And one of those healthy habits is making sure that we're well optimized to do the thing that we've been called to, which yeah. is share the gospel.
1: Well, to uh, one, I'm really happy you just said that because I think it's an important thing to touch on. Um, two, if we think if we take the fall seriously, it didn't just affect our rest; it also affected our work. Um, and that's two sides of the same coin. Um, and so to, to take the John Mark Comer circle, full circle, um, there's also a book that he wrote, I believe it's called Garden City. Um, yes. That, that talks about like work was in the garden that like Adam named a crap ton of animals and he had like the longest grocery list of all time. Um, and that was all pre-fall. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like work was a good thing and they had dominion in the garden. So it's like, yes, you need to be healthy. You need to rest because sin has distorted our view of rest. It's also distorted your view of work, um, where we think that work is a bad thing. Work becomes our everything um, or work is absolutely nothing. And we're just working for the weekend. And I think that's a really easy thing to say in ministry where it's like, well, you know, clearly like, um, clearly like, like, well, my job is Jesus. But like for someone like who works in finance or for someone who works like at a, at a veterinary clinic, it's like, well, like I can work for the weekend because I'm here for working for five days. But even in that, the Bible says to do everything heartily unto the Lord. Like Adam wasn't in ministry. Adam was naming animals. Like, yeah. like Adam had a secular job. He was just naming animals. So in the same way that like work was worship for him, work is worship for you. Um, and I don't think that's like just a strictly ministry context. Um, but I think understanding that work and rest are two sides of the same coin and the fall has distorted both of those. Um, I think is pretty important.
0: Yeah. You can't have healthy work without healthy rest and you can't have healthy rest without healthy work. They work in tandem. Can't have your cake and eat it too. Thank you for taking Um, that
1: three minute rant that I went on and summarizing it in (laughs) 20 seconds.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know, it's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) I also, so I was doing a devotional with a couple of staff, like coworkers the other week. And we talked about, I'm trying to find the exact verse that we studied, but we were talking about the sluggard and specifically out of a proverb. And, Oh, here we go. Proverb 26, 16 says that the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a discreet answer or can give a good reason. And I think we have an unhealthy culture within just the church at large that whenever we talk about creating healthy patterns of rest, yeah. it's actually interpreted as we're just encouraging our people to be lazy. Yeah, and I don't like that narrative. Now, don't get me wrong, the sluggard, right? The lazy person, the apathetic person. I mean, scripture has tons to say about those people. Right. But being intentional about the rest that you take is not that. But here's where it gets tricky. And Reagan, maybe you can help speak to this. Yeah. What happens to the person who is taking intentional rest? Satan begins to poke at them mm. right begins to tempt them and now their healthy habits of rest have turned into unhealthy habits of laziness and they don't even know it was a seamless transition it was Ooh. deceitful from the start have have maybe have you experienced that um and if not how do you you know potentially see someone coming out of sluggardness or laziness yeah.
1: I mean, I think actually, I think every person is wired a little bit differently when it comes to this. Um, so like, I think you and I are wired somewhat similarly, but like, I don't think like laziness isn't my default workaholism is my default. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think the same way that the enemy can deceive us to slip into laziness when we're resting, I think he can deceive us into idolatry when it comes to work, when we're working hard for the kingdom and we're doing a good thing. And all of a sudden we look up six months later and work has become our everything. Um, so I think those tendencies are easy to slip into. Um, for me, the times that I found myself actually in seasons of laziness have come after extreme seasons of work. So it's like the pendulum swing where like I've swung so hard for a six month stretch that it's like, Oh, I'm not resting well after that. Like I'm shutting myself in my room and I'm watching star Wars for four days straight and nobody talks to me like Mm -hmm that's not healthy rest. At least it yeah. isn't for me. Um, so I think like these patterns of rest, um, follow unhealthy patterns in and of themselves. Um, but again, I feel like this is like a really easy theme that just keeps coming up in our show, but like community is important. Um, yeah. and so for someone else to like, it's really hard for you to identify those things in and of yourselves. Um, cause we're just so narrowly focused on what we're doing that we don't see, um, it's kind of like the riptide in the ocean. Like, you know, like when you're going on a beach and the kids are just like floating up and down in the water and you're not really paying attention, but you're floating. And all of a sudden they're yeah. <laughs> like two miles down, you're two miles down the beach, but your parents are sitting on the shore. They can see clearly yep. and they can see you floating the entire yep. time. That's just like, like you need people on the beach. Like you need people who can see in your life and be like, Hey man, you've been working 17 hours a day the last week and a half. Um, I think you need to take some time off or it's like, Hey, I don't think you're really giving your all at your job right now. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think you're giving your best. Um, let's talk about this. And so like in a loving biblical way, um, yeah, I just think having community is really important in that.
0: Oh, for sure. I think though, I, I mean, the reason it seems like such a common theme in a lot of what we talk about is because it's almost like that's it's, how it was designed. It's so important, <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, yeah, it's going to cover a large area of things because that's, we're just communal beings. Yeah. I think to get practical as we kind of round the corner here and finish out, I mentioned this in the last episode and I kind of stand by it. You know, Reagan and I, since we work at a church, we just have the, the blessing and the freedom To spend extended time with Jesus as a part of our work. Like, our bosses say, Hey, go spend time with Jesus. And we don't really have to worry about taking time off and just like a lot of things because our job is just inherently spiritual. Yeah. I want to encourage the person who doesn't have that luxury and works in the world. And if they were to open up their Bible for three hours during their working day, they would probably get in trouble. Yeah. I want to encourage that person, man. If you need to take intentional time to rest, yeah, it might be time to sacrifice some of your paid time off, some of your vacation time, for you to be intentional with the time that you spend with the Lord. Yes, it requires a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So do most things in the Christian religion. Yeah. And so I just like as a practical piece there. I want to encourage you to find the time and if you can't find it, make it Yeah, because that's how important it is. So Reagan, to close us out here, let's say someone has taken some paid time off. They have Friday off. They're just dedicating it to rest. Yeah, What does that person do on Friday?
1: Well, two things. One, to kind of respond to what you just said. Um, The pastors at our church and actually a lot of the churches that I've worked at in the past have always been really, really good at saying like, if it's Friday morning and you haven't spent time with Jesus before you come into our meeting, go spend time with Jesus. Yeah. Pastors. Let's be honest. Do you actually go spend time spend that time with Jesus? Yeah. Like the, the is on the table, but how many of us actually go and do that? Um, that I think that is something that we preach. I think even just from personal experience, that's just not something we practice. Yeah. Um, so, but I think that's, that's something that's on the table that we need to take advantage of and we need to practice and it becomes a rhythm of our life. Um, I think the second thing to answer your, your second question, there's a book that's really been changing my life. I gave it to my staff this past week. Um, it's called The Way of the Heart by Henry Nguyen. Um, And it's like this 75 page book. And it's just about like the desert fathers and the desert mothers. And they took rest and like isolation to an extreme where like they retreated. And they went out like they went full John Mark Comer. They were in the monasteries like they didn't speak to anybody <laughs> yeah. for days. But I think one of the things that stood out to me in that is that especially in the Western church, we have relegated our time with God to a quiet time. Um, yeah. That It has become an activity when God created it as a way of life. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's where it's like it gets frustrating to spend time with God when we relegate it to this activity we have to do where it's like, I have to have this 30 minute window and where do I fit this Tetris piece in my life of these 30 minutes that my mind can be at peace and my soul can be at peace. And I'm like fully competent because I can't wake up at 3 a.m. and do this. Um,
0: Why not? You're a pastor. That's what pastors do.
1: No, man. 3.30 a.m. 11.30 in the morning is my best time.
0: Um, They eat a bowl full of nails and coffee and do their devotion. But I think understanding that your time
1: with the Lord is not an activity, it's a way of life. So that means if you're taking the train into work, put your headphones in for 15 minutes and listen to worship music. Um, Again, there's this artist named William Augusto. He just does like instrumental background music. Put that on and just sit in that sort of transient silence and allow the Lord to speak to you. Understanding when it's a way of life There will be these things that come up throughout your day that I'm like, when my heart is oriented to spend time with God, um, then maybe in your your, your drive to work, don't put music on, sit there in silence and pray. Um, It's those sorts of things that I think is an easier practical solution than saying like, all right, I have these three hours that I need to fit somewhere in my day. Cause telling people to wake up at 5am, if you're not a morning person really isn't going to be beneficial and then telling people to do it at night if you have kids really is not beneficial in the slightest. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of where we fall into those those pitfalls.
0: Yeah, that's good. I I mean, I roomed with a guy. I won't say his name, but I roomed with him recently. And <laughs> this kid put it into practice, bro. I mean, he did. We were in the car. He's listening to a scripture on the Bible app. He's... he's fallen asleep he's listening to scripture on the bible app he's like he filled his day with listening to scripture on the bible app and then he took time out and it's just like as a perfect example of that so and that's
1: that's been on my phone that bible app has been on my phone and i still don't do it and that's the thing and it sends you reminders too that's the thing that kills me dude like i know it's something that i should do and i know i have the desire to do it but yet i don't do it and i think that is the thing that gets a lot of people when it comes to this um, and I don't know if I have the answer from how to get from, like, I desire to do it to actually doing it other than just understanding that, like, man, my heart just desires my old patterns and yeah. my heart desires sin more than it desires God. So actively praying that my heart would desire him, that like yeah. I would desire to spend time with him. Um, cause man, that's just not the, that is not the natural rhythm of my heart.
0: Simple, tangible, literal prayers. God to transform you from the inside out we neglect to pray them so often but why do we ne- neglect to pray them I don't know but literally the prayer God help me desire you more yeah like when was the last time you as a Christian prayed that and it's convicting it's because so that simple. should be something that we pray and lean on consistently like when we think of Paul praying without ceasing in Romans six, yeah. like when we live our life in a posture that lives that out, man, it begins but to transform even, the way we live. I think
1: when we hear Paul say like to pray without ceasing seems very overwhelming because again that seems like an activity, but when it's a right, way, it's of more life, of the
0: posture. Yeah, yeah,
1: but like if you look at all the prayers in, in the really in the Bible, um, where do you see a prayer that lasts for more than two paragraphs? Yeah. Like it just, it really isn't the majority of Jesus's prayers are like a couple of sentences. And he um,
0: condemns the long yeah. prayers, the yeah. wordy prayers, I mean, you know, like, the elegant is, prayers.
1: Yeah. And it's like, and again, the, I'll go back to that book. They say short, simple, repetitive prayers, because when your prayers are long and wordy and eloquent, you're thinking about the words to say and not necessarily the things that you're saying. And so yeah. like, man, praying without ceasing doesn't mean like you have this long run on sentence with God for 10 hours like sometimes praying without ceasing is just repeating the same phrase over and over and over, like help me desire you. God help me desire you. And just meditating on that and praying on that over and over and over and over. Um, and watch that shape your life.
0: Dude, we could do a whole episode on prayer because when was the last time you as a Christian We're sitting in a group praying for something or someone, and you knew your turn was coming up, and rather than praying alongside the person who's praying, you're just thinking about the words that you're going to say. It happens to the best of us, so just confess. Can can, can I
1: confess something real quick?
0: Do it on the podcast for 26 people to hear.
1: I feel like this is a safe space, Um, but there was... (laughs) It was during a student event and I was so tired, bro. Like I was, I was gassed. I was ready to go home and we kind of did that thing. We're like, okay, we're going to open up the floor to prayer, but then everybody feels obligated to pray and you don't want to be the one person (laughs) that doesn't pray. And so there's like 20 of us and like, it, it gets to me at the end and we've been standing there for 31 minutes. (laughs)
0: It'd been a minute.
1: And everyone, everyone feels like it's their turn to like, this is the prayer that like, changes god's heart yeah yeah and and i get to i get to my prayer and i'm like lord you know the thoughts and prayers of my heart let it be amen and i'm like mine was 10 seconds everybody else's was 10 minutes but i'm like i can't i can't i don't have that in me right now um but short simple repetitive prayers man
0: (laughs) yeah they work wonders do it build them into your life yeah and, uh, and allow Jesus to work in and through you. Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, maybe you disagree with us at a fundamental level. Maybe you need some clarity on something we talked about. Maybe you just want to have a conversation with us. Send us an email, sanctifiedish at gmail.com. You can also follow us on TikTok where all the heathens hang out. You get podcast clips and all sorts of different things over there. So you can check us out it is at sanctified ish guys. We're super thankful for you. Go get some rest. Seriously. We cannot emphasize how important rest is enough. So go do it. Go be healthy. Let Jesus fill your cup up so that you might overflow into the lives of the people around you guys. We love you. We'll see you guys next time until then. Take care. And God bless. I'm tired. I can't wait to edit this podcast until 4 (laughs) a.m.